We are continuing with our faith series and I am ecstatic to share with you today. So this morning we are going to speak from, if you have your Bibles, just turn to Romans chapter 4. That will be our initial text. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And we will be reading from verse 16 to verse 22. Romans 4 from verse 16 to verse 22. And if you have it, just say Amen. amen. Romans 4 from verse 16 to verse 22. Paul speaks to the Roman church and he says the following. That is why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. Referring to Abraham. Not only to the adherent of the law but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed, referring to Abraham, in hope he believed, against hope that he should come that he, he that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told so shall your offspring be he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old oh or when he considered the barrenness of sarah's womb no unbelief, very important, verse 20. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. What a beautiful scripture. That God was able to do what he had promised. And then verse 22. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. God bless the reading of his word. Now, we, we, we read this morning about Abraham. We read that Paul referred back to Abraham in context of faith which is a beautiful thing because if we are going to speak about faith there is no way that we can bypass whom they call the father of faith abraham and this morning i i want to talk to you about the process for strong faith the process for strong faith and if we can remember pastor david spoke about not coming to God with doubt. 
And, 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 and I believe we, we heard a lot about the word faith last week. But I need to define faith and I need to speak today about how we get to faith as strong as the faith of someone like Jairus or the woman with the issue of blood. Because we can tell you about stories of faith, but unless we speak about how we get to strong faith, how we get to faith that moves mountains, you, you will fail in order to activate your faith. And therefore, I want to define faith first, as we are going to speak the next few weeks about the process for strong faith. Faith in the Greek is, they call it pistis, is the word pistis in Greek, which means it is a moral conviction of God's truth or belief with the predominant idea of trust in God. In other words, faith has to do with your belief and complete trust in God. Faith has to do with your belief and complete trust in God. And we will see now why I, I said the basis of our, our sermon this morning will be Romans 4 from verse 16 to 22 because Paul speaks about Abraham referring to what happened in the life of Abraham and, and I want us to look at a specific thing this morning, a specific key, a principle, a kingdom key, which refers to us developing strong faith. In the next few weeks, I will look at other principles as well. But this morning, we are going to focus on the kingdom key called separation. Separation. Now, now I'm not going to do it justice if I just go into Genesis 12 verse 1. Without mentioning that Genesis chapter 11 gives us God's version, which is ultimately the truth of how the Tower of Babel was constructed and how it ceased from being built. Because there are so many other stories and if you can look, you'll find a lot of of documentaries that refers to the, the story of the Tower of Babel and the expansion of Mesopotamia, you will find a lot of those, those stories regarding the first cities of Sumeria. But we are looking at what we believe is the truth and it is God's version regarding the Tower of Babel and how it was constructed and how it ceased from being built. Because this specific chapter, chapter 11 and chapter, and chapter 10 from Genesis, not only introduce us to the growth of nations and the expansion of cities in Mesopotamia, but it introduces us to the rebellion of a nation who thought that they could, that they could defy the plan and the purpose of God. And that's what Genesis chapter 11 speaks about. A nation that, that got together and said, this is what we are going to do. We are going to build a tower into the heavens or temple into the heavens. 
and we are going to defy the plans of God, a nation that would exalt themselves, and God, being God, humbled them because they were driven by pride. Yes. You see, the Tower of Babel was not only the pride of men, but it was the rebellion of men against God. And therefore, the leader of Babylon, the first leader who was called Nimrod, the Bible declares in Genesis chapter 10 that Nimrod himself was a mighty man before the Lord. It doesn't mean that God said Nimrod was a man of good stature that God himself approved of, but it means that Nimrod was an opposer of God. So, so the pride of men was also the rebellion of men against God. And therefore, it is important that we understand today, wherever pride arises, rebellion is inevitable against God. If, if pride arises in your house, rebellion is inevitable against God. If pride arises in your friendship circles, it is evident that there will be rebellion against God. If pride arises in your church, the congregation as well as the leadership will rebel against yeah. God. <laughs> because wherever pride is, you find men, and when I say men, I, I, I'm referring to Adam, humanity, you will find human beings exalting themselves while rebelling against God. And therefore, even in religion today, we have different religions, but even in the church today, we have exaltation and we have rebellion against God. And this is what happened in chapter 11. Men being so prideful and it led them to rebel against God. And God humbled them very quickly by causing their rebellion to cease. You see, we thought that God caused the work that they were doing to, to, to cease. But it was God causing their rebellion to cease. And let me tell you something, wherever pride arises, God will humble you. Yes. He will cause your rebellion to cease. And therefore, if, if you don't believe me, let's look at Nebuchadnezzar, a man that would, that would exalt himself so much in Babylon, and God made him look like an animal because he rebelled against God because of his pride. You see, these people, they soon were confused in context of their mediums. And they could not understand one another. In other words, God confused their languages and they could not understand one another. And all of a sudden, it became frustrating for them to work with each other, which is a subject for another day, which is a beautiful revelation. You see, if we do not know how to communicate with one another, separation, which is ungodly, is inevitable. to select for marriage counseling. And God, He confuses them in context of their mediums. And they do not understand one another. So what is the next thing? If we do not understand one another, what is the next thing? 
The next thing is to separate from one another. And thus they were scattered all over the world and dispersed. The Bible says. And if we look a few generations later, after Genesis, after Genesis chapter 11, recalls a few generations later, we find a man with the name Terah, who was born from the bloodline of Shem, who was the son of Noah. Now Terah, the Bible says, had three sons. It was Abram, it was Naor, and Haran. In Africa, we will say Haran. And I need us to also just keep this in mind for the next few weeks. That Haran was also the father of Lot. So since Haran is the father of Lot and he's Abraham's brother, that means Lot is Abraham's nephew. And the Bible says that Haran passed away. He passed away in the land of Ur, which was in Mesopotamia. And while, on the other hand, Abraham and Naor got married. And while Naor started a family, Terah, the Bible says, Terah decided that he will leave the land of Ur in Mesopotamia with Abraham and his then one Sarai, who would later become Sarah, who was Abraham's wife. They, he, he would leave with his family and he would take a lot with them. And they would depart for the land of Canaan. Now I need you to keep that in mind. We are going somewhere with that part. They would live for the land of Canaan. And, and, and on their journey, they decided, look at this now. They left Ur and they are on their way to Canaan. And on their journey, the Bible declares that Terah decided that they will settle in the land of Haran, which is different from his son. Two different places. The land of Haran is still situated in Turkey. So they would settle in this specific land called Haran, which is not Canaan. Remember, they were on their way to Canaan, but they decided to settle in Haran. So, the Bible says then later on, Terah died in the land of Haran. He didn't see Canaan. He died in the land of Haran. And after the death of Abraham's father, God calls Abraham. <laughs> you see, God calls Abraham in the land of Haran. After the death of Abraham's father, Terah, the call in Genesis chapter 12, and this is where we're going, the call in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 is a continuation of how Genesis 11 ends. In other words, God comes to Abraham in this manner. Since Terah is now dead in the land of Haran, live alongside your family and go to the land that I will show you. Since your pastor, your, your, no, I'm saying your pastor, since your father died in the land of Haran, come to a land that I will show you. You see, the first verse of Genesis 12 is a verse, is, is basically a second call of Abraham's purpose. 
No, it looks like I'm speaking heresy there. When God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12 verse 1, He didn't call Abraham for the first time. He called Abraham for the second time. God called Abraham before he was in heaven. We often refer to Genesis 12 verse 1 as being Abraham's first call, but that was not his first call. God called him for a second time in the land of Aaron. And therefore, if we look at Acts chapter 7, from verse 2 to verse 4, listen to what Stephen said when he spoke to the religious council. Stephen said to them, brothers and sisters, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia. <laughs> Before he lived in Haran, says Stephen. So where was it? In the land of Ur. So God, by the time when, when Terah said, let's depart for the land of Canaan, God spoke to Abraham and said, go to the land of Canaan. Then Stephen says, and God said to Abraham, go out from your land and from your kindred, meaning family, and go into the land that I will show you. Then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans, meaning the land, one of the lands of Mesop one of the cities of Mesopotamia, and lived in Haran. That's when they settled in Haran because of Terah. And then Stephen says, and after his father died, God removed him from there into this land in which you are now living. Referring to the Jews concerning Palestine, Canaan. So God called Abraham twice. And by God calling Abraham twice, Abraham was challenged to separate himself from his surroundings and his cultures twice. God first called him in Mesopotamia to separate himself from his surroundings and his culture in Mesopotamia. And then God calls him again in, Har in Haran in Har and says, separate yourself from this land. Hence God calls Abraham out of that specific land. But I want us to take note that the call wasn't so much God speaking to him twice. It was separation that took place. God separated Abraham from his surroundings and his cultures. Which brings me to the point that for your faith to develop and become stronger, God will first separate you from your surroundings and your cultures. Separation is a kingdom key or principle that is critical in becoming strong in faith. So, so for you to develop strong faith, or for you, or for your faith to be strengthened, God calls you out of cultures and traditions that forms your character apart from his will. Yes. And when we speak about the word culture here, a lot of people are going to think about ancestors and, and those type of things. When we speak about the word culture, it refers to the arts, customs, 
and habits that characterize a particular society <laughs> or a particular nation. When we speak about tradition, it is that culture that is passed from person to person or generation to generation. So, so it's evident publicly that uh, even if we look at our society, it is possible for certain cultures which is habits from Satan to govern certain societies and be transferred from generation to generation. And therefore, because I'm saying that therefore, separation in this context is critical. Especially in a society that has easy access to your mind. Today's society has easy access to your mind. Remember, whatever you feed on shapes your worldview. <laughs> whatever enters this shapes your worldview. So, so if, if you feed on demonic videos every day, a whole day on social media, it won't take you long to live a demonic life. Because whatever you feed on, you become. If, if your mind submits to false teaching, it won't take you long to live a false life. If, if your mind feeds on dirty politics, it won't take you long to be corrupt. Hey, that sounds a bit personal, man. That sounds like where we are right now. And the Pharisees, they were a great example of this. Jesus said to them at one point, that your father is not God. Your father is the devil. Because he's the father of all lies. So whatever you feed on, you become. You see, whatever the Pharisees would feed on, they would become. They started out well. Let me, let, let me tell you a secret. The Pharisees never started like that. They were a remnant who kept law for the good of God's kingdom. During the intertestamental time, they did not start that way. But they would feed on Satan's tactics and strategies. And later on, they would drift away from God's purpose. So whatever you give your mind to will eventually shape your worldview. And therefore, Abraham left Ur for Canaan the first time. And he had to leave Haran for Canaan the second time. You see, separation is huge to God. But separation is also huge for you. Because separation is God calling you to have faith in Him. And to put your complete trust in God. And faith is complete belief and trust in God and His will for your life. Separation, in fact, is you responding to God by placing your faith in Him. 
In fact, every time God called servants, He separated them <laughs> from the mindset and the culture so that they may learn to have faith in Him and not faith in the culture. And if we do not get that, your salary will become your source and not your God. Your spouse will become your source and not your God. Your friends will become your source and not your God. Your TV and your media will become your source and will become your source and God will be your source. And therefore we as Christians we we look for different things such as yoga to take away our depression, Hinduism. Because we started focusing on resources and not on the source. And if we do not understand that the kingdom principle of separation with regards to faith in God, if we do not understand this principle, we will never experience the God who created us. Because cultures of society will become our mirrors. That will become our mirrors. And it will no longer be you were created in my image and likeness. You see, when, when God called Noah, He separated him with the ark. When God called Moses, He had to leave Egypt. <laughs> And God called him in separation while he was in the wilderness, a shepherd boy. When God called Joshua, Joshua was separated from Moses by that time. When God called Samuel, Samuel was separated from Hannah and he served in the temple. When God called David, he was separated from his brothers who were soldiers while he was a shepherd boy. When God called Elisha, Elijah left and he went into the heavens. When God called John the Baptist, he was separated from society, living in the wilderness while eating wild honey and locust. When God called Paul, he separated him from the culture and traditions of the Pharisees and he would become a great leader in the kingdom of God. I'm saying to you that that separation is a great kingdom key according to faith. Separation is critical to your faith growing in strength. You see, most of us fail to develop strong faith because we do not have strong character. <laughs> let, let me say that word again. Eh? Most of us fail to develop strong faith because we do not have strong character. And what do I mean by that? I'm saying we are willing to die for friendship circles because we are afraid to find ourselves alone. We are so much afraid of solitude. Jesus himself would separate himself from crowds and find himself in solitude speaking to the Father. And until you understand that factor in prayer, until you, you understand that that is a key factor 
in the prayer life of a believer, solitude, you will not grow in faith. You see, character has to do with what you do and how you think of yourself and your life. It has nothing to do with what's because we have we because we are part of a culture and a society that likes to shift the blame. Yes. <laughs> we are, in fact, for years we might find that, and, and I'm going to be practical. We were not interested in working for ourselves, and when somebody cannot help us at a specific time in our lives, that person becomes a demon. And we shove the blame. Yes. For years, our communities are falling apart, and leaders, let me not say leaders, they are not leaders. Politicians have been shifting the blame from one to another. It's not us, it's the DA. It's not the DA, it's 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 EFF. And and, and you see, because there's no character. And therefore, every time you try to blame something drastic on the influence of your surroundings, it is said that the choice was ultimately yours. <laughs> in fact, when you go to court, and they also took you in for bad company, and you stand in front of the judge, the judge is not interested in who took the appliances from Legend's house. The question is, why were you there? And you cannot shift the blame. Because character has to do with you and your life and what you do with it. And some of us, just like Abraham, God has called you to a life of faith in Him more than once but you refuse to leave because of your surroundings he, he called you in Ur already and you left but you decided to settle down in Haran some of us already took the first few steps and then we decided this is not for me let me settle this is more comfortable and God is calling you again to faith in Him. It is actually said that some of us are still in Ur. <laughs> Didn't leave at all. Ah, let, let, let me just rather, it's, it's more comfortable here yeah? instead of taking a journey of faith. It's more comfortable, so this is what I know already. So instead of me being faithful and walking out of what God is calling me from, I, I would rather settle in Ur. See, God is calling us to separate ourselves from a faithless culture, to have more faith in His purpose and His plan. In fact, we are supposed to place our complete faith in Him. And you are filled with so much potential. But you won't leave Ur. 
Abraham at this time had no child but God spoke about his potential your descendants shall be like the dust of the earth your descendants shall be like the stars of the heavens you have so much potential but you are not interested in living Ur because it's comfortable here it's nice but you don't know that there's something greater on the other side Yes. You are filled with so much potential, but you won't leave Heron. After making a little bit of an effort, you decided to settle in Heron. And you will not leave your cultures and your surroundings. In fact, let me say this. Some of us was baptized. Some of us already accepted him as Lord and Savior. But somewhere along, we decided Heron is the place to be. See, where God wants to take you is best for you. But you don't want to go. You don't want what God has best for you. It's to your benefit. Remember what we spoke about in the Holy Spirit series? We said, Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go away so that the comforter may come, but we still do not want to receive him. See, separation is a painful process, and this is why we don't want to live. Because separation can be a painful process. Because it is us moving on from anything that we got attached to. We, we got attached to certain things, and we are afraid to move on from those things. And whatever your mind got accustomed to will not easily disappear. If you don't believe me, go and read Exodus. <laughs> For 400 years in slavery in Egypt, by the time all they know is Egypt, mindset accustomed to and attached to that. That's why even when they saw the, great, the greatest miracles, uh, that one could ever see the sea depart in front of your eyes because they were attached to the culture and the surroundings of Egypt. They could not leave. <laughs> and God says, perish in the wilderness because you are not willing to leave. Yeah. And therefore, it is possible to come into church and still have the mind of Egypt. You can sit here every Sunday or you can go and say this is not enough. Even if you can go to Bishop Jake's, if you can go to Porter's house and we pray for you and everything is sorted and you go here and you say this is it. Let me tell you, unless your mind renews, there's nothing Bishop Jake's can do. <laughs> because they struggled with with separation, they could not inherit the promise. Only Joshua and Caleb from that generation inherited the promise because their minds were in you. They got the message that separation is important in the kingdom. Because separation calls for your past to be no more. It's there. 
It happened. But separation calls you to a place where God's taking you and not where he brought you from. And therefore, every time when God speaks about the future, he starts by saying, see. <laughs> every time when God speaks about the future, he starts by saying, see. I have given you the land. See, the walls of Jericho will fall. See, behold, I will make rivers in the desert, in the way, in the wasteland. See. In other words, God is saying, forget those things which are behind you. And Abraham, go to a place that I will show you. Some of us never grew in Christ because we never detached ourselves from where we came from. In fact, here's my friend. When we became born again, we only had one another. We never decided, let's go back to the same circle. Because if we had to go back to the same circle, there is no way that the mind can renew. But because we saw see where God is taking us. We walked with purpose. You see, Terah died. And it was Abraham's father. And I guarantee you, Abraham was attached to his father. Because it was his father. But Abraham, leave those things which are behind you. And go to a place that I will show you. You see, Abraham having strong faith wasn't an easy process. And this is where I'm going the next few weeks. I am saying to you that God will develop your faith and you will strengthen your faith through process. It will not just be you waking up one day and you will command mountains to remove. It will have to be you willing to sacrifice and say, God, I will go through the process in order for you to strengthen my faith. Because in order for anything to become strong, there's an exercise needed. Abraham's faith. Paul calls it strong faith in Romans chapter 4. He says he was strengthened in faith. Not wavering, not being weak in faith, Paul says. But I'm, I'm showing you that it all didn't start by Abraham just waking up and being strong in faith. There was challenges that he had to deal with in order for his faith to become stronger. And if you are dealing with sickness, if you are dealing with financial crisis, whatever it is that you have tried to command the last few years by faith and it's not working, I'm saying to you today, let God develop strong faith in you. Because we commanded, but we weren't willing to go through the process. You see, Abraham had nothing to do with Mesopotamia anymore. His destiny was too much important. And strong faith starts with separation. And this I want to say, whoever taught your faith shaped your worldview. If they said to you, God can't, whatever you process and it goes in here and you internalize, 
God is unable to. Jesus himself at one point said he couldn't do any miracles in a certain region because of their unbelief. In fact, Jesus is not unfair. You know what he does to the apostles? Before sending them out as sheep among wolves, he develops their faith. When he did the miracle of the loaves and the bread, he involved them because he strengthened their faith. When he resurrected somebody, Jesus could have easily said, um, we're going back for Lazarus. Uh, Peter, you've walked with me for a while. Uh, I want you to command so that Lazarus... No. He led by example. He strengthened their faith. And I'm saying to you that Jesus wants to strengthen your faith. And allow him to do that. So that you can put your complete trust in him. Do not skip the process. The first part of the process is separation. If you walk with people who live in unbelief, do not expect anything different from them. If your surroundings is God does not do miracles anymore, do not ex expect a miracle from God. If your surroundings is false teaching, do not expect the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. You have to separate yourself from certain cultures and traditions. And God is saying to you today, Abraham, separate thyself. I want to conclude by saying, transition is a challenge. And I know what I'm talking about. Transition is a challenge, even for us in ministry. But believing in God's plan for your life is not an option, it's a must. No matter how uncomfortable transition makes you feel. And therefore, I want to end by saying, do not be afraid. Only believe. Whatever you're dealing with, do not be afraid. Only believe. Abraham, go to a land that I will show you.